When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? So this might be my favorite What You Need to Know ever, if not for a very long time. Oh, really? A dog from Portugal who became the world's oldest dog earlier this year has turned 31 years old. Come on. Yep. Bobby celebrated his birthday over the weekend after reaching 31 last week, according to a Guinness World Records news release. His family planned a party for him at his home in the village of Conqueros. I think that's how you say it, where Bobby has lived his whole life. His owner described it as a very traditional Portuguese celebration. More than 100 people from around the world attended Bobby's party. Fish and local meats were on the menu for guests, while Bobby, who only eats human food, got an extra portion. Uh, Bobby is a Rafiro do Alentejo. A what? Well, that's the, the breed. Rafiro do Alentejo. I don't know. A Rafiro do Talanejo? Yes, exactly. Oh, oh yeah. Like oh, that. yeah, yeah. You know those. It's yeah. a breed that's known for protecting livestock, according right. to the AKC. Right. The breed has an average life expectancy of 12 to 14 years, but his owner says the key to Bobby's longevity has been the calm, peaceful environment that he lives in. Oh, wow. So happy birthday, Bobby. Nice. Yeah, nice. so Bobby, I'm looking this up. They're a Portuguese dog. What is it called, George? I don't know how to pronounce it because I don't speak Portuguese. Can but, you give it a try? Uh, uh, Rafael do Alentejo. There you go. Rafael do Alentejo. <laughs> yeah. Yo no soy malo, nah, baby. Eso es un gimmick, pero el sol es pera calienta más que el de Phoenix. Y ellos lo saben. Just like that. If anyone is por- can speak Portuguese, whether maybe you're Brazilian or you're from Portugal, um, you know, you can tell us yourself. Um, but I don't have a pronunciation for the, the dog. Well, the way uh, you the, rolled your R's makes me believe that you did. He's a, uh, a Actually, you know what? It could be Jafero do Elentejo because the R in Portuguese is usually pronounced like an H. Oh. Uh-huh. Kind of like Hoist Gracie. Right. The UFC fighter. So let me just get this straight. Um, dogs, they say, are... A dog year is seven years, right? In uh-huh. human years? Allegedly. Right? Well, they actually say that it's different. It's like the first few years, it's more than seven. Um, and then as they get older, they're less than seven, but it averages out to about seven. Okay, so do you realize that what we're saying is is that this dog is, in theory, 31 years old in dog years and 210 years old That's in amazing. human years. <laughs> and by the way, when you multiply 31 times seven... That's what you come up with. I had to use my phone as a calculator. Well, good for Bobby. Wait, here, here's, so. here's what, how you say it. Oh. 31 times 7. That's apparently how you say it. Afero do Alentejo? Yeah. 217. Okay. So I was old. right about the H at the beginning. Nice linguistics by you, George. There you go. Afero do Alentejo. 217 years old. Happy birthday, my dog. What a good dog. That makes me smile.
There you go. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever they are. Now, there's like food now for dogs, right? That's like people food. I've seen this commercial all the time where it's like real food for dogs like or something. What like do you that. mean? Like a subscription based kind of a deal? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think it's called just food for dogs. But maybe, the problem with it is. It's well, expensive? I mean, it's, well, no, not not that. It's that the, the pet food industry is not actually regulated by the FDA. So anything mm. that's considered pet food. You can't be too sure about it because oh, there really? are no regulations on it whatsoever. Right. It, it could, well, these guys claim that they're not super processed like all the other places. They claim, mm-hmm. however, you rarely don't know. do they ever review that stuff because there's no there's no actual yeah. guidelines. Okay, I'm gonna tell you something right now. Dog food's freaking expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. It is. yeah I okay. Know, I mean, I got this. Dogs. I got this one dog right, and I go to the pet store to get him this dog food. I I order it on Amazon. Check me on this. Freaking bag of foods, fifty bucks. Yeah. Lasts a week. Oh, mine. Yeah. yeah, mine's like seventy, and it lasts like uh, maybe ten days. Yeah, this yeah. is ridiculous. I feed Chewy really good food, though. He eats raw food, oh. like the raw, um, freeze dried raw. Yeah, pets. same. Stella yeah. and Chewy. Yes, is- that's exactly now, what I feed. Yes. Now, Chewy. when you um, when you feed him, do you play? Yeah, baby, I like it raw. No, that was a cappy joke right there. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was. I liked not it, George. I thought that was really funny. That George, I, wanted, I, I wanted you and I to bond. Funny. I, yeah. I wanted you and I to bond yes. for once. Right. Never, never. I found that to be hilarious. Yeah. Never would yeah. I have expected that from Jorge. Like that at joke. All. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, good joke, George. Before I get to um, Doc Rivers being a complete disaster um, in this last game. And why is he and a I complete s- disaster? And I saw Richard, because he's now blown another uh, lead in a series. I know, but did you did you see Joel Embiid play yesterday? I get that, but it's like, okay. Did James but, Harden play yesterday? Yeah, I get that, okay. but dude, dude, like you gave up a hundred. They were in the game, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they were able to shut down Joel Embiid. Part of that is coaching too, man. Like you can't just sit on your hands and be like, oh, you guys are great, just be great. Sometimes you need to get your hands dirty. I liked after the game, they said to him, they said, so Doc, uh, you plan on being the coach of the Sixers next year? And remember, this is a guy who used to be in TV. You know, this is a guy who yeah. understands a bit of the media. He's like, um, yeah, I plan on being here. I got two more years left on my contract. Now, I realize that that doesn't always mean anything, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. you're asking me the question. Yeah, I expect to be the coach here next year. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a second, though. I don't, oh, don't okay. want to get to that. First. All right, but I, I've got some tweets but I, that I want to read, like right. Sacco's, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the Pope's Pope's tweet, not that Pope, different Pope. Which Pope? D- a Pope in the Pope in uh, our community, like a previous Pope. No, just like he goes by Pope. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but before that, Trudell has just texted me. What he say? Right as we went to break. What's his deal? He says, "Is Cappy properly respecting Anthony Davis yet, or do I need to call in?" Oh, he can call in any time. What does he want me to do? What what, I, what what respect have I not given him? I, it sounds like I don't know. Maybe you know we'll have him call in in the next segment. That would be lovely. I saw okay, Trudell the other day. We call you. I saw him on the plane, minutes. on the team plane, with Michael Thompson, mm-hmm. and kind of getting a bit of a preview as to what was going on. I saw that okay. video. So my response was, mm-hmm. he is now. But I will read this text on air. LOL. Stand by. I don't so know. I just. What, what respect I wasn't giving Anthony Davis. I, I, I wasn't familiar with that either, but apparently Trudell does have something in his craw. And let me tell you something. Yeah. When Trudell's got something in his craw, it's hard to get out of there. Well, he should bring it to the airwaves and we can adjudicate thereafter. Okay. I will. Uh, I have sent him a text. Can we call you in 10 minutes? Why don't we just FaceTime him? No, no, no. All let's right, just you call, call him. him. Let's do All this right. the right way. I like way. the FaceTime thing. It's That's funny. That's a crosstalk bit. Though. Okay. Super crosstalk to you. Yes. Um. Anyhow, let me get to these tweets, okay? There's a lot of tweets in the circle of trust. All right, go ahead. Let's start with Sako Adagian. 
Okay. Is that the I same breed as the as the dog that we no, were just talking about? No, no, no. I don't believe so. Okay. He's, he's a human being oh. with the last name. Okay. Got it. Um, he says the Nuggets don't have a better roster post trade deadline. You're basing it off the entire season. No, I'm not. I'm actually basing it off right now, which is what I actually said. So, Sako, as much as I love you, you probably need to listen a little better. Okay. Well, I think what Sako is saying, though, George, is that the Nuggets have been the best team in the Western Conference all season long. Right. They're the one seed. I right, know. Right. And and you have been touting them all year long as being much better than most people perceive them to be. Correct. But the Lakers, since the trade deadline, it's not just like the but day that, of the and trade And by the way, deadline. that doesn't mean bleep in a seven in a short series. Right. You know, a seven game series is a short series. But so I think a, I think a lot of people though are looking at the Lakers now and they're going, okay, yes, it was just Anthony Davis and it was just LeBron James, but now that it's Russell and Reeves and Rui and Vando and Schroeder. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people are starting to really, really believe in the roster. But what I said to you is the other guys that I just mentioned that weren't named Nikola Jokic are also fairly consistent, is what I would say. Um, And those guys that you mentioned, they get like two guys that play well and then then they don't play well and then two other guys play well. And that's what I'm talking about, consistency. Well, to me, I look at it as a team effort. Like some nights, LeBron is not going to score 30. Some nights, AD is only going to score 17. So that's where you have to have a D'Angelo Russell or an Austin Reeves or a Rui or a Lonnie. Somebody got to be that third guy and that fourth guy. So listen, you've watched the Denver Nuggets a hundred times more than I have this year. That I will acknowledge. But the Lakers are, as I said many weeks ago, they will peak at the right time and they're just about there. And it's because role players know how to play their roles and contribute. You hear that? Uh, role players okay. play roles. Did you know that? Did you yeah, know I that? <laughs> Role players actually do play roles, George. Didn't you know if you knew that uh, or not. Trudell has responded. What is he saying? Uh, he says, uh, uh-huh. ha, yes, I wasn't listening to the show, so I was just generally asking no cappy attack. Oh. To, you- which, to which I responded, he was wondering where he was not properly respecting him. He'll ask you. He says, also, that is not true. If I were wrong, I'd admit it. I'm not stubborn. Just need evidence. So, okay, we'll just talk to Trudell. Okay. How about that? Let's have that yeah, conversation. We're calling him in 10. And so, by the way, Lindsay, this, this is an important call note. Him in 10 minutes. Wait a second. This is an Less important than that, note. Less five now. Yeah. Very, very important note related to Trudell that I forgot to mention to you. Yeah. George, Trudell has moved up. You know how you always say Trudell, everybody's favorite sideline reporter? Yeah. And I he's tell moved you, up in the rankings. He's moved up in the rankings in a big way. We've had a we've had a whole shift at the top of the rankings. I don't know if did you know why? I'll I'll explain it. I'll explain and, and I, you guys maybe you guys tell me. You remember my sideline reporter rankings? Lisa Salters, you had Lisa one. Salters, one. Uh, Pam Oliver, right. me, and Trudell. Right. Yeah. Okay. Lisa Salters has fallen down to four. She's gonna wow. have to fight her way back up. What did she why do? Is that? I'll tell you what she did, as a matter of fact. Thank you for asking. Did you guys see the game on Friday night when Austin Reeves hit that half-court shot at the end of the half? Yes. Yeah. You see the interview that she did thereafter? I did not because I was at the game. Let me tell you what was said. Austin, I did not see what just happened. Can you tell me? I'm not joking one bit. I love Lisa Salters. She's one of my favorite people to work Monday Night Football with. She is a salt-of-the-earth professional human being. But I was like, Lisa, you didn't see the shot. You well, don't have to tell everybody you didn't see it. Just say, "Hey, man, that was you know crazy. What? what happened?" I I respect I respect her honesty. And here's what I'll tell you: I was seated 
um, you know, in my media seats there, which is like that that little that where Lindsay and Greg saw me the other day. I'm sitting there next to Malika, mm-hmm. and I get up as that last possession is starting, right where he eventually launches at 50 feet, mm-hmm. and I'm walking. I'm trying to speed through because I I need to go to the restroom. And if you've ever been, here's a little inside baseball. The media room, um, bathrooms only have two stalls. Okay. Actually have in the men's room, it's just one urinal and one stall. So there's a huge line, right? So I'm getting up and I'm zooming past Austin is running the other way, right? As I'm zooming past him, (laughs) he launches it up. I didn't see it go in. I turn around because everyone screamed and I was like, oh, he must have hit a half court shot. But I also did not see it live. It was, yeah, but you also were not reporting on the game. Listen, I love Lisa. Okay, take it for what it's worth. All I'm saying is, is that it is a fluid list, okay. George. Mike so who is, is, who's now number one? So now it Pam goes, Oliver. No, no, no. You have elevated to number one. Because, I leapfrog Pam Oliver because Pam Oliver is quiet right now because there's no football oh, off season. Right. Yeah. Off season. So now it's yeah. Sedano one. Right. Trudell is moving up from four wow. to three. Wow. Salters has moved down to two. And Oliver is waiting for football season. Wait, you just said she was four a second ago. All right, Lisa four, Oliver three, Trudell two, Sedano one. New wow, rankings. You, that was a quick flip. New rankings. Lisa, okay. I didn't see what just happened. Come on. Yeah. Come on. All Make right. it up. All right. Uh, Cappy. Yeah. Trudell's going to join us here in a second. Okay. But I wanted to mention, we'll get to the Doc River stuff at some point. Okay. Um, but here's kind of something cool. Okay. Tell me. You know, we mentioned the bubble, right? Which we'll get to in in more specifics later, right? Um, But the Lakers, Celtics, and Heat, three of the four, Mm -hmm. are in kind of rarefied air, basically, since since 2000, okay? Since the Lakers won their their first of three championships, okay? Um, Those three teams are three of the four teams that have made the most conference finals appearance since that time. Um, They've all made nine, and the Spurs are the other team that also has made nine. But three of those four uh, in this this final four, which I thought was just like a cool little deal when you think about kind of like the last 20-plus years, those three teams have been involved a lot now that you think about it. You know what I mean? Because the Spurs were too, but we haven't really heard from the Spurs in almost a decade. Like, that's how dominant they were in the earlier part of those first 20-plus years. Um, but they have not been as heavily involved since their last championship. Um, but those other three have been kind of at the door a couple of times here since, for just, sure. Just give it the number one more time. In the last 20 years... The most conference finals appearances uh-huh. since the, since 2000, when okay. the Lakers won their, their first of the three-peat with Shaq and Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers, Celtics, Heat, and Spurs have all made them... They're all tied for the most conference finals appearances since that time at nine. Okay. So they have basically... All, between the four of them, they've basically been in almost every single one of these conference finals at some point or wow. another. Well, I mean, listen, there are a lot of weird things. I mean, you're just mentioning that the last 20 plus years or since 2000. And then, you know, the other part of it is, and I know you just mentioned the bubble and you made a whole big deal about the bubble last year, uh, last week and all the teams that were in the final four in the bubble and versus where we are today. And that seems to have become a very popular story in NBA media yeah, with, with NBA we'll get media. To. Yes. Yeah. But, but the NBA media pushing the, hey, don't discount the bubble, you know? Right. We talked about it a little last week, but now we're going to talk to Trudell maybe about that and apparently your disrespect of Anthony Davis. All that coming up in two minutes. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty embarrassing. I I know a little Hanson, not not enough to say I'm a fan by any stretch of the imagination. But thank you, Morales, for being so honest. I like when he says, uh, I love me some Hanson. Yeah. See, it's one thing if you said, you know, I really love Hanson. But when you go that route, I love me some some of these guys, yeah. You didn't say mbop like that's like their song, you know. Right. Mbop. 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 Do you know that song, Cap? I do. Okay. I do. Didn't sound yep. like it. So well, I just don't love me some Hanson. Okay. Oh, I don't, there you go. I don't dislove me some Hanson. I loved Hanson back then. That was I loved them. Really, big Hanson mm-hmm. fan, huh? Sure was. Gotcha. So Mike Trudell is on hold. Okay, so but before we get to Mike Trudell, mm-hmm. um, you can put him on. You can put him up. But let me just re- let me just say something now, Cappy. You said you had revitalized your uh, sideline reporter rankings. You have dropped Lisa Salters because when she interviewed Austin Reeves after the fifty foot half court shot, mm-hmm. she asked. She told Austin she couldn't see it. But now Basil has tweeted us mm-hmm. and said, "Come on, Cappy." She said she didn't see it because the players were blocking her. Okay, so. So he's saying, like, you know, it wasn't like she wasn't paying attention. I'm not saying she wasn't paying it was attention. That she just physically could not see the shot go in. Hey, listen, I, I've said it many times. I love Lisa Salters. I work with her on Monday Night Football. She is the most professional and sweet person that I work with in that capacity. In this particular instance, I would have just not said that. That's all. And there, and no. therefore, that's how Trudell moves up, George. You would have lied then. Yes, correct. I would have said this. How did that how did that just happen? I would have said something very open-ended rather than I didn't see it. See, I'm okay with Lisa being honest there. Now, uh, Trudell, because of this Cappy uh, sideline reporter rankings, he has knocked Lisa now down to four. Pam Oliver is now three because she's in the offseason. You have bumped up from four to two, and I have jumped up to the top spot, apparently. But I will be listening very carefully during the Western Conference Finals to ESPN Radio's presentation of. And, George, you could slip, too. I could. It's very possible. <laughs> well, is that a question, or do you, would you like me to comment? No, just maybe some open, I'm happy yeah, to. Yeah, just some opening thoughts from you yeah. would be nice. Yeah, thanks, Cappy. Uh, well, you know, Cappy, first of all, I think you and I are becoming closer, and, and I don't think George likes it because I think, you know, he kind of likes, you know, bringing me in as a cudgel, you know, in, in a certain argument. But I was just listening to the last segment, and I thought you had very refined takes about how the Lakers have evolved since the trade deadline. Um, now, you know, I don't know if you're trying to, um, you know, make me feel a little better by bumping up the sideline reporter list, but I, I just think that it's this. George and I are obviously going to be very close. 
But that doesn't mean you and I can't become closer, Cappy. That's, that's true. That's oh, there that's you true. go, Cappy. That's true. Hey, look, and and Mike, I'll tell you, man, I was watching the other day your video that you did with Michael Thompson on the team plane. You see, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to say that I'm stalking you, but I'm just enjoying your work. That's all, and you are He's enjoying you, the content. Right, yeah. you are moving up the rankings. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Uh, listen, these are these are just you know sixty to ninety second uh, snippets of basically what we used to do for two to three hours. Um, it's just it's me me trying to find funny ways to bring out Michael's ridiculous personality. Um, if if this makes you guys interested, I'm currently locked out of my room. See, I was working out. And I, I don't know if the hotel key next to the phone is still a thing. It but is. I got up in the, in the key, and the key now not working at my door, so I'm standing in the hallway, likely waking up at least a few Laker players who are probably napping um, mm. on the floor. But, look, th- this is the, the extent to which that I care about Sedano and Cap. I didn't want to have to go back down, get a key, tell Lindsay to bother with, with getting me another segment. So here we are. I'm standing in the hallway, um, and, you know, my voice is echoing all the way down. I can see it right now. So but I, I mean, why, did, why don't you just go in the that. elevator and just go down to the lobby? Maybe we can keep you there. Or, if I may, perhaps you knock on LeBron's door. And yeah, say, no, don't Le- do that. LeBron, can Sedano and Cap get you on the air for a second? I'm talking to yeah, him here. Give him the phone. You don't think that's a good idea? Well, Sedano, you know, Sedano's close personal friends with uh, with several people around LeBron's orbit. He could just text them. He's got that kind of pull, especially if you're having him at the top of the sideline reporter ranks. And, and honestly, for me, the reason that you would bump up a Sedano or, you know, I, I'd like to think I could be in that list, is sideline reporters that can do other things, right? George can host yeah. the show. Do a little play-by-play, do a little, little analysis, right? So it's not not just the sideline reporter rankings, Cappy. I'll be curious to see as you add that into to your next uh, list. No, that's oh, a good point. Wow. That's a good yeah. point. And there's there's a lot more to yeah. the game. I mean, don't forget, yeah. George can also do play-by-play while playing pickleball. Yeah, that's true. I actually did that while I was mm-hmm. playing pickleball. I had a I mean, microphone we, George, in one hand. You haven't invited me again. We we got to play. We haven't. We do. We do have to, look off season. There's there's yeah. off season. Let's do it. We'll hit it for sure. Okay. There you go. I mean, you know, you're going to be busy here in the next couple of weeks, it looks like. So there's that. We sure uh, hope so. I, 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Well, right. Cappy, it, it, so the AD thing, though, it, I, I had not listened since our last conversation. So that's all. I was just checking in with George and to see where you were feeling about him. In, in concert with, you know, Embiid going out, all of the other bigs, with the exception of Jokic, now I'm going against Jokic. So he's, he's, I think he's just, he's kind of... He shut a lot of people up, but I'm not hearing a lot of that. Not that you're included in that, okay? You, I, that was that was a separate conversation. I've just been on sort of an, an, a, a protecting the truth of what Davis is doing uh, lately, and that, that's been my grind lately. I understand. Hey, look, when Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny Smith blatantly laughed in his face and questioned his heart, and then the next morning when Stephen A. Smith made – I mean, he said, yes, I'm laughing at him. Um, what concussions? I, I thought the NFL season was over. So everybody laughed at him, and you know what he did on Friday night? He stuck it to everybody, not by scoring 35 points, but by scoring 17, but getting 20 rebounds, and and kind of getting out there and playing for 40 minutes. So I'm happy for AD. Now I want to see what he can do against against Jokic. Oh, Sedano, just breaking news. Um, the great Mike Breen just walked past me. He told me I couldn't use the word great um, if I said, but clearly, you know, he's here to, to do the call tomorrow. He does say hello. Uh, Mike Breen says hello. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. George, look at yeah. So now LeBron uh, did knock on his door, but I did get Mike Breen, which is, which is you know, I mean, the Hall of Famer. Come on. That's I mean, bang. Darn, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. So, um, so Cappy's in on AD now. No more, di- no, dis- no, um, I guess I wouldn't say you disrespected him. I would say, if anything, you've now you've taken the approach of only you can be the guy to call AD out. You can't let these other guys call AD out. Well, look, I mean, that's my AD. 
You know what I'm saying? I can't be having well, Charles hey, Barkley do that to my AD. Have you guys given series uh, predictions yet? No prediction for me because I'm working the series. I mean, I'm working the series. I'll give you a prediction. No, but I'm working both sides. You're what, working one. What's your prediction? I, it doesn't. It doesn't mean. Yeah, but I don't pick. I don't pick the Lakers to win every series just because I work for the Lakers. Are you picking the Lakers? When have you ever picked against them yeah, to, you, to win the series? Well, so here's the thing, George. <laughs> I have picked against them to to win, to, to uh, it, after. So first of all, all of the after Kobe got hurt, I did predict they would lose. Oh right come on, now. right thank when you. Kobe's Achilles went out. Thank you. Every all right, my, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, way to go down a limb there, Trudell. Hey George, <laughs> George, stop with thank my you. friend Mike Trudell here. Mike and I are getting <laughs> exactly. closer here. Stop beating up here? on my friend. Go ahead, Trudell. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Lakers, right? Since they got Anthony Davis. Are six and one in playoff series, and the yeah. one series they lost, what happened? Phoenix, he got hurt. Phoenix right? got hurt in right. Game Four, and so yeah. I thought that I did think they were going to win that series. Now I would have picked them to lose the finals that year because I think they were just too worn down, right? The the, the bubble tax, they had a month long off season. That was ultimately I thought they were going to lose eventually, but that's the thing. Like so, I had Lakers in six against Memphis. I had Lakers in six against Golden State, and I am leaning in that direction again. A uh, full prediction will be will be out tomorrow, but uh, oh, wow. I do think that I do think most people are picking Denver, and I understand why. Um, but I, I think that the, the combination of what they're going to do with the lineup, what they can do to attack Jokic defensively, uh, where, where they can sort of stay home a little bit more with AD protecting the rim and blitzing him a little bit from the other side. So I, I do like this matchup for them, I think, more than most probably do. Uh, and if, if you want to say that puts me on the Lakers side of things, fine, but it's been, it's been working so far, so we'll stick with the formula. So I, I, I agree with that. I do think they can attack Jokic in ways the other teams could not. Um, but Cappy, were you going to jump in? I'm well, sorry. I want you to know that my official prediction is Lakers in seven. Oh, well, because, yeah. because, and here's why, because mm-hmm. George and I were having this conversation on Friday. I said, if the Lakers didn't win on Friday, the likelihood of them going to San Francisco and winning is greatly diminished. I will say this. I actually think if it goes to seven games, the Lakers have a much better chance of winning in Denver than they did in San Francisco. So mm. I think the Lakers can steal one of these first two games. I, and if they get down 0-2, I'm not going to panic because I still think the Lakers ultimately win the series, but I think it goes the distance. Yeah, I, I think that um, the matchup I'm most keyed in on, I mean, the AD Jokic, that's, you know, I feel like for the most part, it'll be kind of potentially a stalemate. You know what I mean? I think Jokic will still put up uh, big numbers. I think Anthony Davis uh, will, will be able to defend at a high level and also put up numbers. I think Aaron Gordon versus LeBron to me is the matchup. Um He's had some challenges with Aaron Gordon uh, in his historically, and Aaron Gordon's coming off a really good series against Kevin Durant. Uh, LeBron, to me, has to attack the basket more than he did in the previous series. Uh, it's something yeah. the Nuggets give up. It's something the Lakers have been good at all season. I know. I know that you know at 38, coming up with two busted wheels coming into these playoffs, that there's going to be limited attacks. But I think he needs to use a lot of those bullets in this particular series because the Nuggets don't have a deterrent at the rim. See, so, George, I agree with you, but I would go with I would go about that in a slightly different way. And ultimately, it is the lack of rim protection that, for me, has got. I had Denver as winning the West in the regular season, but that's still to me the Achilles heel in the, in the postseason. And here's the, it doesn't have to be just LeBron though. That's the beauty of the team now. You've got Austin Reeves, you've got D'Angelo Russell, and Schroeder all three of whom can initiate from the perimeter and they can attack Jamal Murray, right? So they don't have to attack Aaron Gordon, uh, Aaron Gordon on the strong side of the floor. And I yeah, think they have to switch. The no question. On, 
That's yep. that's one thing they can do. And they can also run that through AD and bring Jokic out. So, like, that, that versatility to me is they have several guys that can get to the rim, and you don't have to depend too much on just one player to do so. Uh, and, and I like that a little bit more than I like how, you know, how Denver's going to be able to attack the Lakers because that's really just the one thing they do. It's the screen roll. It's Jokic and Murray and or the straight post-ups with Jokic. They don't have a curveball they can go to, and I think yep. the Lakers do. Okay, well, see, I, I disagree there. Um, so here are the five keys we just did to start the show. Uh, obviously, AD versus Jokic. LeBron versus Aaron Gordon, that particular matchup. Uh, I think the Lakers need more consistency from the quote-unquote others. And this I is believe, where we disagree, because George says that Denver's bench is better and deeper. Well, no, no. I said they have more no, impact no, no, players. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Okay. I said they no. have more if impact. I mischarac- okay, if Im- I mischaracterized more, it, go ahead. More impact players okay. that are consistent and, than the Lakers do. And Ooh, I'm saying, and I, I disagree with that, George. So, so do I. I'm yeah, saying, not even close to me. I'm saying D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves. No, Rui, those guys are not consistent. Um, They're Lonnie, up and down every game for the most part. But here's what I'm saying. That... They don't have to be consistent because it's every other night it's somebody else. One night it's D'Angelo. One night it's Lonnie. One night it's Austin. That's called team ball. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. I wanted to put that last little bit in there in did case you, you didn't know that was team ball. I, did that one? Did you learn that one in Hoosiers? That was team ball is what that was. <laughs> LeBron and I agree on that. He's even using that phrase now. Gene Mike Hackman? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that I, that's one of my keys that the Lakers, um, the Lakers, others need to be more consistent. Uh, because I think Denver has more consistent impact players across the board. Um, I think the Lakers need to dominate the paint in the rim, which we just discussed. And I think the coaching differences, right? Like, you know, obviously Darvin is going to be, I mean, unless he plays a coaches against Joe Missoula, um, for the most part, he's going to be at a, um, you know, he's going to be the more inexperienced coach in that particular scenario. So those are my five keys for this series. And I don't believe that Michael Malone in his career well, with Sacramento and Denver uh, and his 50 or 60 games or whatever it is as a postseason coach, I don't think he's head and shoulders above Darvin Ham. in my but opinion. But I do think 50 so, so, or 60 postseason games mean something. It's not nothing. Well, so there's, George, so there's, there's two things I think that, I'm, I'm a, that, that we're a little bit apart on. And the one to me, even more valuable than sort of the coaching and whatever the game plans are there is that like LeBron himself has been in every single possible postseason series. And that to me is more valuable over the course of a series for adjustments than, than the Oh, I don't think there's any question one. about that. I think LeBron, well, right, that, I mean, look, Rob, Rob has talked about right it. Adjustments. Yeah. Rob has talked yeah. about it, how this is all. And I mentioned it to start the show. It's, it's very collaborative. Uh, I don't think there's any yeah. question that that also means with the coaching staff. So that's one thing. And then the other thing, so uh, like the Lakers, I, we talk about sometimes like the three through nine uh, in terms of who else plays in the rotation. And I think that, so I get what you're saying, George, it's not necessarily a consistent guy every night, but to me, that's what makes the Lakers more difficult to game plan for. Because on one night, as Kathy said, it might be Russell, the next it might be Shooter, the next it might be Reeves, and now Hachimura emerging. To me, Denver really only trusts Bruce Brown, who I love off the bench. Christian Brown has been good, but he's a rookie. And then Jeff Green, you know, it's it's kind of every other. He only plays about 14 minutes. So they go about seven and a half. I think the Lakers, Wait, once I mean, you didn't mention KCP, though. They go nine. He's a you starter. Didn't mention, no, I was saying men- he's a starter. But, but, I, but I'm talking yeah. about, I'm, forget about bench. I'm talking about impact players. Guys who are going to make no, an but impact. I just get, yeah, they have, they have seven Yeah, and I don't believe the Lakers have nine. I, Lakers I don't have because nine. I... I think that, yeah, but those guys are not doing it on a fairly consistent basis. It's one night here, one night there. That's my point. Well, that, that's, the whole, that's the whole way they want it, though, right? You, when you have the two guys that are the stars, then you don't want the other guys to have to be every night. That's, that's the whole reason why they can yeah, adjust Yeah, but so I much. think that so I, 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 just, I don't love that. I don't love that it's got to – you don't – it's a well, random thing. That's how they won the title in 1920, George. 
Yeah. That's I, all they wanted. Actually, it was, it was 2020. Mike, Mike, it was 2020. It wasn't 1920, just so you know. No, he meant like the 1920 season. Yeah. Like 19-20. I heard it as a year. Yeah. 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 I mean, if the Lakers would have won in 1920, that would have been fascinating because I don't believe they were actually in the league, even in Minneapolis at that time. Oh, they were um, the bees knees in just wanted you to know, Trudell, point of information, it was actually 2020, not 1920. World War I at that point. Yeah, I prefer my guys to be more consistent on a regular basis. I don't mind a shorter rotation, um, personally. So that, that to me, especially this time. I feel you. I, on the other hand, well, we absolutely we love that it's, we're good. it's a different guy every night. I love that. That's team ball, George. Yeah. <laughs> there team we go. Back to ball. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. George, um, when are you coming here, man? Uh, tonight. I'm flying there tonight. Oh, all right. yeah. I'll be La- last last yeah. flight out. I'm doing the show with Cappy, and then last flight out. So I'll see you. We'll uh, drinks tomorrow. How about that? After the game, or even Wednesday on the off day. Up to you. Let's do it. Let's do it. And you need to hope that Miami wins the East, because if that's the case, Sedano oh. and Cap from Miami Beach. So notice, hold on. Oh, he wow. doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go on the road if it's Boston, but if the Heat somehow win, he wants to be on the road. Correct. I don't I don't think he's alone in that sentiment. I was gonna say I'm with you on that, Cappy. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go to Boston. I want to go to Miami. Oh, okay. So Trudeau, while I've got you, I'm only I'm, thinking about this. I'm only thinking about Denver right now. While I got you, I'm like one of like three people maybe or two people that actually picked the Heat to win in this series. And I know Boston has the more talented team, but they had the more talented team last year too, and it were a Jimmy Butler shot away from getting uh, eliminated. So um, I just think that the coaching – now, you want to talk about coaching disparity. The coaching disparity in this series is next level, okay? Like you got a guy who is literally like Neo in the Matrix right now and Eric Spolstra, and you got a guy in Joe Mazzulla that Marcus Smart is being quoted saying like, oh yeah, we're, you know, we're all growing together. We're, you know, we're, hel- he, we're helping him along too. I don't know if I love that in this particular series if I were them. I'm not going to argue about that. You know, I, I think Spo is, uh, is up there just like you do. But I, as much as I would love to see uh, Miami come out, I think they're going to make it a really, really difficult series on Boston. But I, I just think beating them four times with the depth of talent that they have, I think the gap is just a little bit too big. So I will reluctantly uh, say I think Boston's coming out. Yeah. It's right, okay. Well, when I'm not when traveling. you go to Miami, that means you're going to be stuck with Cappy then. That's right. You and me, Trudell. <laughs> Hey, you know, like I said, it's a it's a budding friendship. That's right. You got that right, there partner. Um, Michael, always a pleasure. Uh, go get your key. If you see Mike Breen again, yeah. uh, send him my love. And if you see LeBron, tell oh, him I yeah. said what's up. No, don't do that. <laughs> Will do. All right. All see right there he is. Michael Trudell. Cappy? Yeah. That was a good segment with Trudell. Good yeah, job, buddy. Yeah, really was. And by the way, it was, it was 2020. It was not 1920, just so you know. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks, Christopher. Seinfeld sure is wacky. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, So, guys, TSA is testing the use of facial recognition technology at U.S. airports to identify passengers as they pass through security. The technology is purposefully limited due to privacy concerns. The cameras are only used to compare one's face with their ID, and it's only activated when an ID is inserted. TSA uh, hails the system as drastically increasing convenience and security despite an abundance of caution from naysayers. Do you guys think that TSA using facial recognition is creepy? Swipe left or swipe right, George? Um, this one's tough. I just actually was in Phoenix and they had um, they made me do that facial recognition thing Ooh. at their TSA. So you know uh, firsthand. Thing. But I also have clear, which they use a retinal scan. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... I kind of already take part in this. Yeah, but you um, opt into that, right? I did opt into that for for you know to be yeah, Clear, uh, yeah. faster yeah, going yeah. through Same. TSA. Yeah, um, but right, I did not opt for TSA to do my facial recognition. So I guess because I opted into one and I did not opt into the other, I will swipe left just based on that technicality. So I came back um, in February from Mexico. And when I came off the plane, you know how you have to go through customs to get back in, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But they have these machines, and you take your passport, and you put your passport down on the machine, and then it looks at you and, through your face, decides, is this the right person? And then if you use that facial recognition, it expedites the process of getting through customs and getting back into the United States. So I'll swipe right and say... This whole facial recognition thing seems to expedite the process. And by the way, from a security standpoint, I mean, I think we're all for security when it comes to our airports, right? Yeah, no, but here's not. the problem, oh, okay, Gabby. tell me, tell me. The, the problem with that is yeah. if they're using it there, the question then becomes, are they going to use it elsewhere? Like, are you all of a sudden is this going to become, you know, I think the big fear is, um, is like, you know, China uses facial recognition, right? By the way. For everything. By the way, mm-hmm. the New York Knicks got into huge trouble. Uh, well, not trouble, but like they have, there are people suing them because Madison Square Garden uses facial recognition against people who have openly criticized their owner. Okay, well, okay, that's, like, that's ridiculous. That's Okay, that, that, but what I'm saying is there, there's that, that's why people are leery of that Slippery stuff. slope. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like, you know, listen, when you go to the airport, if you don't have TSA or if you don't have clear, you still got to take your shoes off. You still got to take your belt off. Those of us who have that TSA, you know, pass, whatever, we just go flying through um, because we've already been cleared. I, I just, I don't feel like it's that invasive. Oh, in, in China, you know, that they, they can find where you are at any point. Like, you can't get on, like, the subway there without the facial recognition. Mm. Cappy would be smiling at the camera. Right. Hey, every here. time I walk by, I'd be like, hey. Hey. He'd be doing, He'd doing the, the point. point. Right, yeah. of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. When I walk through the garage here at LA Live, I can see the cameras up above. So I give him a point. What's up? I'm in the house. Okay, Kev. God, you're a weirdo. No, because I know that the security guys are sitting downstairs and they're following every camera and they see me walking in and they're like, there he is. So I might as well give him a, a little, you know, little shout out. 
you know, they do use fa- facial recognition technology at many casinos. They do at many casinos. Especially if like you're one of those people who you're banned or you did something wrong or you're even self-banned. They use that to keep you out. Okay. So in that sense, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's a little too much. You know what's really weird is when you're on like Facebook or whatever and then it automatically tags all your photos or even on your phone now. Yeah. In your, in your photo albums. It just, oh, yeah. It'll like, yeah, yeah it's crazy. It knows yeah. everyone. It, mm-hmm. but, but you know what's weird is mine always confuses me with my brother. <laughs> like there are multiple pictures of myself. Do you guys my, look alike? Yeah. But so like basically, he's you with short hair, or you with long. You he's or you're I, I him guess, with long hair. I guess there's quite a yeah. few photos where it tags <laughs> of me that tags him and vice versa. That's funny. More so of me of him, I guess. I guess I look a lot like him. But anyway, all right, guys. So Lil Wayne abruptly ended the final show of his Welcome to the Carter tour at the Wiltern in L.A. on Saturday after accusing the crowd of disrespecting his fellow performers. Oh hell no! Nah. Yeah. Well, this is what happened. So the concert got off to a rocky start after the rapper took the stage more than an hour after the scheduled time. I thought, I saw a lot of people saying it was like two hours or even two and a half, three hours later than he was supposed to be on stage. But anyway, he played for about 30 minutes and then he left the stage so then he could take like an intermission and then he had members of his Young Money label perform. Well, I guess those guys were like a complete... A disaster, I guess, for lack of a better term. Everyone said they were whack. They were terrible. Wiggity, wiggity, wiggity. And they didn't get cheered. So then Lil Wayne came out and was just like, I'm, I'm canceling the show. Like, we're done. Y'all are disrespecting us. We work way too hard for this. Oh, hell and no. he just announced the show was over. So he never went back on stage after only playing for about 30 minutes. Oh, wow. So have wow. you guys ever been to a concert that started hours late or ended super early? Swipe left or swipe right? No, swipe left for me. You happy? I know this is going to sound weird, but um, I'm swiping left also. I, I mean, know. I think one time I may remember that Axl Rose did not come out to start the show like right on time. And yeah, maybe he was like a little bit late, but I don't ever remember anybody ever being on stage being like, you know what? You guys are disrespectful. We're out of here. Was it old Guns N' Roses or the new one? No, old school. Oh, okay. Well, that was normal back then. Yeah. I've had it happen a few times. When I went to see Bone Thugs and Harmony here at... Uh, boom, 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 boom. What is the little, the small like Nokia theater over there? I think okay. that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, the Nokia? Yeah, that's what it was. Yes. They were supposed to come out or they're supposed to play at like eight. Did not come out until 11. And it was actually quite funny because their warm up acts didn't have enough songs to right, hold everybody off. So they had to start from the beginning again <laughs> and start replaying Yo, their you songs. You guys play that one good song you have that we all knew. You guys mind? Play that one good one. So they went back to the beginning of their playlist. It was quite funny. And I do remember my dad telling me when I was younger that he went to see. Um, like Rolling Stones or something, and, and they came in, they like flew in on a helicopter, played like three songs, and then they flew out, and it was just like a total disappointment. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That would really piss me off if yeah. I paid for tickets. Now, look, I don't pay for tickets, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. I have a whole rule about paying for things, but if I paid for them, who I'd be pissed? You know? Yeah. I, 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 didn't, I don't know what that situation was, but anyway. Uh, last one here. L- last one, yeah. The Oakland A's cleared the first hurdle of their proposed move to Las Vegas on Monday with the owners of the Tropicana Hotel land announcing that they had reached an agreement with the team to reserve nine acres of their 35-acre site for a ballpark. Mm-hmm. The deal is contingent on the passing of legislation for public financing and related agreements. Well, two numbers from this statement jumped out. They said the ballpark would hold, quote, approximately 30,000 fans and is expected to attract more than two and a half million fans and visitors annually. Mm -hmm. So in other words, 
they're projecting sellouts for literally every single game. Mm -hmm. So do you guys think that the A's can really draw two and a half million people in Las Vegas? Swipe left or swipe right. Cappy, you go first. I need to do some math here. Hold on a second. George, what do you think? If if you sell 30,000 tickets Mm -hmm. for 81 home games Mm -hmm. plus two preseason games, that's 2.49 million. And they said how many? That's what they said. They said they think that they can get... Basically sellouts for every one of those games. No, 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 no. It's going to be tough. I think maybe left. maybe like a, for the first year or two, maybe. Um, but this isn't football where you have like uh, once a week, you know what I mean, where people can plan their weekends around it. There's going to be some of that on the weekend series. But during the week, I don't see them being that full. But here's the other thing. The Oakland A's have to go to Vegas and they have to cultivate a fan base. Yep. They're no, not but what they're, they're expecting down. tourists to, to no, fill the stadium. I, I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it. But let me just say one thing. If you are an Angels fan and you found yourself going to Oakland, which I know you never would, but play with me here in this example, are you an Angels fan now saying, hey, it's July, the Angels are playing at the A's in Vegas, let's all hurry up and get to Vegas. I think that they're greatly overestimating how many baseball fans would want to travel to Vegas in the middle of the summer? I don't care if it's a dome ballpark or not. There's a lot of people in the summer in Vegas, though. There, There's an article that I read about this where they said that only the there's only 11 of the 30 MLB teams who regularly draw more than two and a half million. So they think that they're going to be within the top 11 of attendance. If you would have told okay. me that there's they have a 40,000-seat stadium and they were yeah. looking at $2.5 million, I might have thought about it. But this this requires them to sell out every game. Forget it. Not happening. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Coming up next, let's speaking of baseball, let's talk about your gutless Padres. All right, let's do that in a second. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. By the way... Of course, Radio Tinder is always brought to you by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere. Fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com. Demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. Sorry, Christopher. Go ahead. Crank the music, Laura. When's the last time you played a pinball machine, Cappy? Uh, not that long ago, actually. Really? Yeah, I was in a, uh, I was in a bar, and they had these pinball machines, like old school, like the real old school ones. And I got caught up on a on a pinball machine for about a good fifteen minutes, like old school pinball. How about you? Man, it's been a long time, actually. I mean, so long that I probably can't remember. So that's that's a long, 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 long time. For when sure. was the last time you bowled? Bowled more. I bowled one time. Me and Key and a bunch of people. It's uh, when we did OC weeks. It was years ago. Now it's probably like so. You haven't bowled in years. 18. You haven't bowled in. Yeah, six I haven't years. bowled in easily five or six years. Yeah. Okay. All right. And and what kind of bowler are you? Not great. Yeah, me neither. Not very good. But I see a bowling event in our future. I don't know why. I just see a bowling event in our future. Okay. I mean, you know, there's a bowling alley right next door to it. I know, and I see us using that bowling alley as that bowling event in our future. Okay. There you go. I like the idea. Cappy, why are your Padres so gutless? Um, mostly because they did what they always criticized. 
You know, the Padres as an organization have always said, we'll never be able to compete with the Dodgers because we'll never have the kind of money that they have. And then all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, they started spending money as if they were the Yankees or the Dodgers. And really, um, that has turned into a 19 and 22 team. So they've, they criticized what they always wanted, then they got what they wanted, and thus far through 40 games, this is the result. And here's one thing. Last Friday night, when the Dodgers and Padres were playing in San Diego, the Padres won the game. After the game, on the big jumbotron out in left field, there was a meme of Clayton Kershaw's face and then a tear dropping down. And Dodger fans were offended. Me, I kind of thought it was funny. Until you lose the next five games, don't, don't troll teams and don't act like you are like like you've got 17 banners hanging don't act like you've got the history of the new york yankees or the dodgers for that matter humbly go about your business and then at the end of the season you're the better team then start to push the narrative of we're the team of the future because the dodgers keep losing guys and they're not adding anywhere near the payroll and they're just significantly better yet again this year yeah, uh, Ken Rosenthal did a big story about that today in The Athletic, that the Dodgers are still the standard in the NL West. And it's wild because we've talked about it. They're not as good as they've been in years past, but yet still lead the division. If anything, if you look at that division, I think the team the Padres need to be worried about, and maybe the Dodgers eventually uh, in a couple of years, is Arizona. Like To me, they're the team that um, – I, I mentioned this before the season. Uh, I think Greg was sitting in that day for Lindsay, and I said – I think that the the Diamondbacks to me are like the Baltimore Orioles from a couple of years ago where they're like on the cusp of being one of these really good teams because they're so young and they've got this great nucleus uh, nucleus of young players. And so I, I think the Diamondbacks, even though they they don't spend anywhere near the amount of money, they have so much young talent in that roster. They could be the team to kind of kind of mess with the Dodgers and and obviously screw with the with the Padres too. I just think that if you're an organization and you're doing everything you can to take down the standard, you mentioned Rosenthal's column today in The Athletic. He was doing the games this past weekend on Fox. This guy was up close and personal. He comes out in The Athletic and says, yeah, the Dodgers are the standard because of the way they organizationally build their team and their core. And he says the Padres are a collection of individuals, high-priced right. individuals. Look, I compare it mercenaries. to the Mercenaries. They're a bunch of mercenaries. But I compare it to the Lakers, George. When the Lakers, the first half of this season, they were, and I use that phrase, a collection of individuals. They were not a team. Okay? Once they made the trade to get Russell Westbrook out of their locker room, and then they bring in all this new talent, they had the makings of becoming a team, not a collection of individuals. And what we saw was the Lakers go from like dead last to getting themselves to the postseason to now getting themselves to the Western Conference Championship. The Padres are the same thing. I mean, they're just a collection of guys. Can they, over the next 120 games, become what they were predicted to be? We're going to see. But for right now, make no mistake. And I love to be honest about it. Gutless is the exact right word. Is that what you said on the CappyCast? Did you call them gutless there? Not only did I call them gutless on the CappyCast, you know, my guys on the CappyCast, Grande and Big Brown, those guys were in calm down mode. Wow. Those guys were, oh, it's 40 games in, it's early, you know, championships aren't won in May, there's 120 games to get this thing straight, and I'm in like, you guys are out of your minds, this is a cultural problem. When I say cultural, I mean like in the locker room, in the clubhouse, guys getting along, 
how they go about their stuff, the manager, what he says publicly, gutless. And by the way, George, this really all came down this weekend. I don't know if you watched a lot of the Dodgers and the Padres. I know I'm more I into did a the little NBA. bit. I I'm, saw a little bit of it. I'm way more into what's going on in the NBA, but I watched a lot of these games. The Padres have what you would call a big four, right? Yeah. They've got mm-hmm. Machado and Tatis right. and Bogarts and yeah. Soto. And the Dodgers have a big three, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You got Mookie, you got Freddie, and you got Will Smith, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Padres' big Willie four. Willie Dills. Right. Do you realize that Manny Machado is 0 for 11 in this series this weekend? Yeah. We tried He's hitting like only Willie 230 there on the season, I believe. Yeah, we did try and push that Willie that, Dills that thing didn't on Will's. Yeah, he Sorry. wasn't happy. He, well, he, he's just, he, he just got that. He, it's not him. It's not him. It doesn't. I mean, we can say it. We can call him Willie Dills. But, but the Dodgers Dills. big three and Will Smith didn't even play on, on Sunday. The Dodgers right. big three. They had in game one, they had four hits, two RBIs, um, uh, a couple of home runs. In game two, they had a bunch of hits. They had an RBI. In game three, they had two home runs, or one home run, rather. Bottom, bottom line is, the three guys on the Dodgers smashed the four guys on the Padres. Yeah. Killed them. Yeah. Um, Cappy, coming up next, a lot of people mm. are making bold predictions about these two series, the East and the West. We'll get into some of those on the other side. Stick around. We're back in two minutes.